Welcome to Let's Swipe, online dating stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Amanda, as always, and joined with me is the incandescent Erica. Hey, guys. Um, And then tonight, we're really excited because we actually have a online dating success story. Um, We've got our friends Jen and RJ, and so they are going to talk a little bit about their relationship and how they met. Hi, Jen. Hi, guys. How's it going? Hey, Jen. So we met on Tinder, of all trashy places to meet. Um, (laughs) It's like, oh, it's to me, it's one of the worst. I mean, it's not plenty of fish, but, you know, it's. (laughs) it's getting close to the bottom of the barrel at times. And so um, I think all of my past relationships had been predominantly I'd met people online, generally through OkCupid, which seems to, for me, be a little bit more successful, at least in terms of a variety of of factors. Um, But on Tinder, you know, it's like you have a limited also number of character free profiles. And for me, RJ's stood out because he said things like he was anti-racist, that he was you know, very much into like feminism and that he used to be an ex-fat guy, ex-Catholic, um, and I can't remember what else, but so I swiped right. I think we were both paying for our Tinder at the time, so like you can see, right, when somebody likes you um, and you can swipe back or whatever. And um, we both swiped. I was a total, I'm going to drop the cursing already, but um, I was a total bitch in that I got used to doing a lot of these profiles and then because I was paying for it, I was like, well, these people are getting weeded out, like maybe because of me, because of other people, whatever. So I would delete my profile routinely and then just like rebuild. So we had already matched, but there hadn't been much conversation. And then I deleted my profile <laughs> and then he popped up again. And I was like, well, I like was on his profile. So like I should swipe again for him. And I did. And then he obviously did too. And then he messaged me and he was like, didn't we match on this already? And I was like, well, you know. (laughs) And then, you know, I got bitchier actually. Not bitchier intentionally, but like I had started seeing somebody else during this time. And so like he had asked me out, like RJ had already asked me out. Um, And then I had already kind of started seeing somebody or like we weren't labeling anything, but we were seeing each other. And so I didn't want to be disingenuous to RJ so I let him know what was up and he was like oh that's nice of you to not ghost me and I was like well do you want to be friends and he was like sure and so we started out as friends we canceled on each other we kind of this earlier um because we went through our messages to check on this and we canceled on each other three times mostly me uh, and then we finally met like two three months after this whole ordeal so and then we went on our first date as friends and during that first date I dropped that I was single and not seeing this person anymore and it took him about a month two months month and a half to <laughs> then ask me if I wanted to try to date him or did you want to jump in and say anything about anything yeah I think I I first initially swiped um because you you outed yourself as a Marxist and uh, that sounded appealing. I was like, I don't, I don't really hang with any like, you know, out uh, lefties. Um, so I was like, I'm, I'm. This is interesting. Um, and it was something that I'd been, you know, getting into uh, as far as you know, the content I was consuming online and what have you. So 
um, that appealed. And I had, I kind of had that, uh, maybe like a leftist dog whistle in my profile of like, call, you know, saying that I, I supported like intersectionality and intersectional feminism and, uh, anti-racism. And I was like, well, maybe I'll get some like, you know, further, further left progressive, uh, liberals or something like that. So yeah. And I, I, I guess it worked. And then I, I know the first time we matched, um, I don't remember what we even talked about initially, because obviously those, that message thread is just gone to history. Um, yeah, that's true. No. Except, I, except, for, except for the fact that, you know, we both remember that I asked you to go to, uh, go to see Sorry to Bother You, because that was still in theaters, and I hadn't seen it yet, but you had literally just seen it, right? Yeah, I had just seen it. Mm-hmm. That was quickly shot down. He also wanted to go to dinner immediately. Like, once, like, I don't know. There's a lot of that, like, and he's that kind of person that he's like, if we're going to meet up, like, I wanted it to be, like, sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm like, I want to have a conversation and make sure you're not a creeper. Okay, so let's talk about that. Did you end up going with RJ sooner than later? It took us forever to meet up. Like I said, like, we canceled, like, three times to the point that it was, I think we first started talking Sometime in October, end of September, October, I think is the first match. And then we didn't meet up until December. So it, did, it took a lot longer than usual for me. Like that was, he, we were both very, he was very patient because I canceled on him several times. Like mm-hmm. I sure. was going through shit. Like I was in the middle of, I was on dialysis. And so like I was having issues with like health stuff. I was in the middle of interviewing for jobs because I was, still pursuing being a professor, even though I'd had like a horrible experience at work already. And so there was the potential of me leaving. And so there was like all these different factors that were playing into it. But like two months, like that was way too much. But I think one thing we talked about was that we had friend zoned already. So there was like no pressure to kind of meet these expectations of romance. And I think that helped carry it through a little bit longer. Because for me, like I've, when I was on Tinder and OkCupid and Bumble, I mean, I'd get guys who'd be like, hey, you want to go on a date tomorrow? And I'd be like, no, like, no. Like there's, right. like, there's issues of safety that I think as, as feminine or feminine presenting people, we have to concern ourselves with, right? Of, I'm not going to go to your place. I'm going to tell my friends where I'm going. I knew of students who would write papers and they would say that they would ask the guy to, like, send a copy of their driver's license. Just that they could send that to whoever as a safety yeah. feature, right? Should anything happen to them, somebody has that picture somewhere. And so for me, like, that was, that's my issue always with, like, somebody who's, like, you want to meet up immediately. It's, like, I haven't talked to you for more than five minutes, and you want to meet up? Hell no. Like, no. And so, and then there's the other matter of if it takes too long to ask out on a date, then what the hell, right? Because I would talk to these guys who would be, like, yeah, let's talk about, like, ha, 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 if we could be Tinderellas and Tinderfellas, right? Which is, like, a common, like, conversation, I think, especially with younger Tinder users of, like, this fantasy story of like you get sucked up and whatever and it's like it's whatever it's bullshit but yeah exactly Erica that face but um there's one guy who like we literally talked for weeks and there was never any indication that he wanted to like meet up and I'd even ask him I'd be like so are we ever gonna meet up or what he'd be like I don't know I don't know if I'm feeling a meetup and I was like well why, why are you wasting my time right okay. I don't know how you felt about the the cancellations and timing. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot to hang in there for, RJ. Like, what, what kind of is going through your head? 
you know, it. Having listened to your previous episodes, I, I would say like I, I identified pretty strongly with your uh, statement about like wanting to meet up with people sooner and whatnot, and not you know, not dragging things out with just endless chat. Right. Um, that I think, in part because of my ADHD, like that got to be really exhausting. Like, it's just like I cannot maintain interest that long in somebody that I haven't met because you know, again, like as you were saying, like a person on the computer is just like, doesn't exist to me. Like, like I don't, I don't friend people on Facebook that I haven't met face to face. It's just like, you know, right. with, with, with rare exception. Um, but it's like, you know, I need that like meet space uh, connection in order to like give a shit basically. Yes. <laughs> um, and so it was like, I got, a, got tired, you know, using the apps over time of, of having to, you know, drag things out like day after day, sometimes weeks at a time, uh, talking to somebody. And the other thing too is again, because I have, I have this issue with, you know, executive function. It's like, I don't have the brain power to carry on multiple conversations at one time. So it'd be like, I would match with somebody and I'd be like, okay, you're my focus for now until we meet up and I find out that you're shit for now, you're the person I'm, I'm talking to, right? RJ, I think we're the same person. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the opposite. I'm like, I would carry on conversations with like multiple people at the same time. And even before we made things official, like I was still dating other people. Like I wasn't set on like RJ's the one until like we had a conversation. Yeah. And it was, uh, I would say too, like, you know, because of that, uh, over time, I kind of found that I had like this strategy that I kind of attempted with her was like, I would, um, I had a lot of success with matching with somebody usually on Tinder and having like a really good, like kind of positive, you know, maybe intensive because I don't like chit chat conversation for like maybe 10, 15 minutes, 20 ish. And then I would say, Hey, are you doing anything tonight? Like, do you want to meet up? Cause I, you know, a lot of times that would be like at work, you know, cause I, you know, routinely drag on past, you know, past the time I'm supposed to leave. And I'd be like, Hey, are you doing anything tonight? You want to get dinner? And like that worked several times. And I think it was just, I don't know if it was just like the, you know, impulsivity of it or whatnot that actually appealed to, to people, but it worked a few times and <laughs> The, the problem I ran into then is like, and this, this happened a lot with, with Tinder specifically. Um, but I would, you know, I had, would have a first date, everything went really well. Um, and then I would maybe ask them at the end if they wanted to meet up again and they would say yes. Um, and then like, I never heard from them again and I would, you know, try to contact them and just, you know, would get no response. So the, the story I told in my head was that like I wasn't getting second dates because like they were on Tinder and they were expecting me to be aggressive and like want to have sex right away. Okay. And I wasn't like, that's, that's just like not how I operate generally. Um, Jen can tell you about that. Um, It took us us how many months to even kiss? I don't remember. (laughs) It It was like three months. 
It was a while, yeah. Wow, so, okay, um, it took you, you said you kind of were friend zone in the beginning, though, so how long, three months after getting out of the quote-unquote friend zone, or three months total? So, we met in December, in, like, and I had dropped the nugget that I was single, right, and then in February is when it finally clicked in his brain, and he sent me a text that was like, hey, you want to try to date? And then in parentheses, he was like, go on a date with me. Like, try some, it was super cute, really. I can't remember what the wording was. But it was super cute. And I was like, I can ah. It was something like that. And then it was like cute because it had like the parentheses of like with me, right? To make sure right. that it was like. I said, would, just, you, would you be interested in, in pursuing something, uh, something more serious in parentheses with me? <laughs> and I thought that was the cutest thing ever, honestly. And I was like, yes, right? And so we would go on other dates and we would hold hands and we would like, you know, cuddle up on my couch and like watch a movie or something. But there was never any moment of like more than that. Right. And I was like, I just remember I'm going to drop an F, but I just remember being like, what the fuck? Like, when is he going to actually kiss me? Right. Because I was like, if I make the move, then it's like, I'm this aggro person. Right. It's right. So it was like very gendered, gender rolled kind of thing. And I was like, I don't like, ah, like, I've made first moves before and it's kind of been like, meh, right? It's not seen as acceptable, right? For, for me to make a move. And so I was like, well, I'll just wait for him to make a move. And then he was over at my house. We were watching movies. He got up to go to the restroom and he came back. And then I, I got up and got, went to the restroom. And that's when like, I went back from the restroom and like, I just, you know, kind of sat on him and kissed him. And so, like, <laughs> yeah. And then later on, we were talking about it, like later that night. And I was like, "Why didn't you kiss me before?" And he was like, "I was thinking about issues of consent. I was thinking about issues of asking you. Like when you came back from the restroom, I was gonna ask you to for a kiss, but like right. then you just my lap. And so like, so we both kind of had gotten hung up on issues of consent. And then I broke the cardinal rule of consent by just sitting on his lap without consent. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I worked out, um, I guess. (laughs) Yep. I love it. Okay. So, um, (laughs) that story makes me really happy, actually. Um, That's funny. So, RJ, what was it like for you? So it sounds like you kind of made that move to, to get you you know, not to kiss her, but to get out of the friend zone, how like nerve wracking was that for you? Because like, I think now dating in the time of COVID with me being as cautious I am, like the guy I've been quote unquote seeing, like, I feel like we're 100% now in the friend zone. So like, how did you kind of make the oomph to get out of that? You know, as Jen said, it was, it, it was initially just about like, you know, me sending a text because I was, I was just like, I don't know how this is, how this is going to progress or resolve itself. Like I said, I, I, I hadn't really had any, you know, second dates even. So I was just like, you know, we, we'd been on what, maybe three or four by this point. And, um, and I was just like, I have no, I have no frame of reference for this. Uh, I don't know how this is supposed to like, you know, take the next, you know, uh, logical progressive step or whatnot. So, uh, I think there's like a, you know, a prototypical, you know, guy in my head that said like, this is like the cowardly move to text and say like, hey, do you want to like do something more than this? Um, But I'm just like, I don't, you know what, I have no other, you know, I'm not going to, 
that's like the least threatening, you know, course of action. Um, so that's going to have to be the way that I go. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It was just, uh, and, and then, you know, the, beyond, everything beyond that, it was just, um, trying to feel things out and like wanting to, you know, do the right thing as far as consent goes and just not living in the time that I do. I've heard a lot of stories about when consent goes wrong, but I don't hear a lot of examples of like, this is what consent is supposed to look like. So I, it was just a lot of like, well, I, I don't know what's happening. And, you know, she would, she told me very directly a couple of times. She's like, well, you know, I'm a grown up, So, you know, you, she was kind of hinting at like, you know, do whatever you like. And if it's, if I don't like it, I will tell you to stop. And I was just like, okay, okay. You know, head back to the TV, focus on the movie still not going to attempt anything because I don't know, <laughs> don't know we, what to we, attempt. We cuddled the whole movie. Like we were like yeah. spooning on my couch, holding hands. Like we were already there. And I was like, okay, well, I guess there's no kissing. <laughs> like, I, guess <laughs> <that's just happening. laughs> I guess I got to do it. Like <laughs> Pretty much. So fast forward to about now, like, and How's it been going for you guys with like being stuck in our relative places? Like, I mean, is it kind of back to like the internet days where you're like, hey, let's connect online or like, what are you guys doing? That's hard for sure. Um, RJ's been really, really good and being very conscientious, particularly my situation, right, of having had a transplant over a year ago and being immunocompromised. And so um, when he was working from home, it was a little bit easier for us to see each other because he would have very minimum contact or he would restrict himself that, you know, he wouldn't be out and about so that we could see each other. Now we do our socially distant responsible date where every weekend we pick up some takeout and then we go to a park or we used to sit in our cars with our windows facing each other and we would talk, right, without really any contact. And so I think probably just knowing RJ and knowing myself too, probably the lack of physical contact, even just like touching each other right, like hands, is been very difficult, right? Like we briefly held hands on Sunday when we had our, our date and it was like magical, right? Because it was like, oh, touch, you know, like we both live by ourselves. I have two cats, so like I get some cuddles, right? But like physical affection is something that both he and I need a lot of, especially him, I think, but <laughs> we both need it. It's, 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 it's been a, a welcome change, uh, uh, touch. Touch good. <laughs> <laughs> well put. Well put, Jorge. <laughs> so, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, like, are you going to try to do more, like, you know, hand-holding, like, both masked, or, like, just kind of feel it out, or just, just kind of wean it, like, as things come? We were just talking about that uh, the last time, and... Um, we, we talked about, um, you know, getting together, like, in her backyard or garage and, um, you know, masking up and actually uh, engaging in some, like, uh, you know, full full frontal cuddling or whatever. Uh, <laughs> you make it sound so dirty, like, some full frontal. <laughs> like, adorable, kind of, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not adorable, and I mean, you've got to do what you got to do in times of COVID. 
Right. I'd suggest a, a glory hole, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help that my neighbors have giant floodlights outside, and so like we, you know, that that's limited. But <laughs> it's <been> a discussion. <laughs> I mean, I I could always wear I could always put on like a, a full body suit too, maybe. You know, like a green man suit from like a. Always- <laughs> I mean, I was we we were talking about like a hazmat suit and a, and a respirator with like a strategically placed hole. <laughs> That's pretty great. Well, I, it sounds like you guys are finding ways to make it work in COVID, which is good. Um, yeah, we've thought a lot about how difficult it is when you're single during COVID, but I hadn't before, you know, you guys have been on, we haven't really talked about how difficult it is to be in a relationship and yet not be able to see that person. Yeah. And, and for the, the, the thing is too, like for a long time, there, there was a long period uh, where, you know, we were, we had a lot less contact even. And it, you know, I, there was, when I was working at home, I think I had one opportunity near the end there where I went ahead and, you know, kind of isolated for a couple of weeks. And we, you know, I went and spent the weekend uh, with her. And then it was like right after that, the, you know, the, the week immediately following that, you know, my bosses texted me and they're like, uh, are you ready to come back in? And I was like, oh, geez. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I went ahead and went back in and that was like, you know, that kind of put, put an end to that. And then, you know, several weeks went, went by and, uh, finally I, uh, I mean, I'd been, I'd been kind of thinking about the, you know, go get takeout thing for a while and, you know, finally suggested that I was like, do you want to do like a social distancing date? And she was just like, what do you mean? I'm like, we'll, we'll <laughs> go to like, we'll go to like, I don't know, Taco Bell or whatever. And, you know, each go through the drive through and then we'll just, you know, park and park and chat and eat. And, uh, you know, that seemed to be a, hmm, that seemed to be a, uh, a successful plan. And to me, honestly, it just felt, it felt a lot like being, you know, 15 or 16 again, where that was how I socialized with a lot of my friends anyway. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talk every day, like we, we do text. We were doing video every once in a while, depending on what my anxiety looked like, too. So I'm not always up for video stuff or even phone calls. And so a lot of that is like mitigating my anxiety and then, you know, being able to negotiate seeing each other in that space. Right. And so like we would, you know, he would gauge and ask me, what's your anxiety like? Like, can we do a video call? And so like we would do video calls and like um, sometimes it's phone calls. Um and then he, that's when he suggested the socially distant, socially responsible distant dates, you know, and, and that's, I think, been my favorite thing, because it is better to, you know, like, we go to one of the parks, and we sit, like, we sat at picnic benches, and we eat our food, and, you know, we get to at least chat face-to-face in a much more intimate setting than two cars or a screen, you know, so yeah. I think that that will continue until, <laughs> until we can do whatever we can, because I mean, for me, I just can't, right? Being immunocompromised, I right. am not in the position to to do what I would like to do, but. Yeah, and I mean, it's awesome that RJ is, you know, being respectful of that and 
I mean, yeah. you know, not to give somebody props for just not being a dick, but, you know. He's been, he's been great throughout all of that, right, of of even when I was, like, he briefly saw a little bit of, of when I was on dialysis. I don't think he ever saw me on dialysis, but, like, he's been there post-transplant, and so, like, you know, he's been a very patient, caring, and, like, we've had conversations about these things, right, and so, like, what I need, what he needs. And so we we're constantly engaging in conversations. Sometimes I'm pissy about it and I'm crying and whatever, but you know, that's also because I'm on prednisone. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think he's, if anything, one of the things that always appealed of about him to me since even our first messages was just how patient he was, right? Like every time I rescheduled, he was like, okay, that's fine. Like we can reschedule, right? Every time I canceled, he was like, oh, I was kind of expecting it. So like, you know, <laughs> I don't think he ever expected us to actually ever meet up. I don't know. <laughs> so kind of going back to that, RJ, like what what made it so that you were being patient during the whole cancel before you had even met her? I think, you know, we we actually talked about this earlier, and I think a, a lot of it was just that she was she was really apologetic every time that she canceled and she seemed uh, enthusiastic to reschedule. So, you know, I was I was cool to go along with it. And well then and it wasn't too far in what was it the second time that you told me that you were you were seeing somebody else or was that the first time it was the first time okay yeah it was the first time because we set the date and then a few days later she texted me and said hey um i'm gonna have to cancel because i'm seeing somebody and i don't want to lead you on and then when i was like oh that's cool you know we can be friends that's that's totally fine i think that helped a lot in you know reducing the pressure i was willing to wait you know a lot longer but i mean I don't know. I like I might have been talking to one other person at that time at the time, but they lived in like Kentucky, so that wasn't really going to happen anytime soon. So yeah, it was. I think yeah, just a lot of the pressure was off. Like I said, when when the um, when it was like, oh, you know, this isn't going to go. You know, this isn't. This almost certainly isn't headed for like relationship territory anytime soon. So I was just like, okay, whatever. You know, I can. I, you know, I've, I've been, I've been single as long as I have, so it's, it's not a big deal. Um, I, I, I can, I can wait longer. I'm not, you know, I, if it, if it's just a friendship, that's, that's, you know, no hurry. I think we both really valued each other's like ideological positions too, enough to like want to be yeah. in each other's lives, right? Like, you know, he mentioned that he, he doesn't get to be around a lot of left of liberal folks, right? And so. For me, it's like the the group of sociologists that I had surrounded myself with were very much in that vein, right? And so um, for me, having moved to this area, though, about three to four years ago, I was having issues finding similar folks like that outside of higher ed. And so that was interesting to me to, like, want to pursue that outside of just, you know, the, the cesspool and very ivory tower that is higher ed and maintaining that. And so I wanted to move out of that. And then we also found out later on, just looking at each other's pictures when we were lurking on each other's Facebook, that we had been at like the same protests and the same movements, right? right? During, during all of this, right? During Stockley, during the immigration stuff that was first happening post Trump's election. And so right. we like, it was one of those like, yeah, like once we figured that out, I was like, oh, that makes total sense. Right? Very cool. Well, I'm kind of looking at the clock, and I think that winds down this episode. Um, Erica, do you have any uh, final questions or anything for them? 
No, I mean, you guys just keep being awesome. Like, we adore the both of you. And if we can ever all meet up, like, in meet space again, uh, <laughs> we'd love to see you both. And I, I miss you guys. And, no, that's it. Everyone, you guys are solid and you're happy. And that's awesome. And it gives us hope, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. We really appreciate it. Just thank you for having us, you know, for for thinking of us as sort of exemplary of a success story. You know, there's a lot of success fooling in the dating world, especially online dating. So there is success somewhere. It's been a good time. Good, good, uh, good, good chat. Like, uh, yeah, it's been a good time. Thanks for uh, thanks for having us. Well, you're more than welcome. All right. So um, just want to remind everybody that if you want to be on the show and tell us about your success or lack of success stories, email us. Um, if you have a question you want us to answer on the podcast, shoot us an email, anything. So you can email us at letswipepod at gmail.com. There's no apostrophe. It's just letswipepod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you and Erica, anything else? What am I forgetting? I always forget something. Are we done? Um, that's pretty much it. Like, just keep listening. And if you guys decide you like us, you want to give us a thumbs up online, that would be pretty sweet. No oh, yeah. That would be awesome if you could leave us a good review if you like what you're listening to. Yes. Thanks, Erica, for thinking of that. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's it. So, bye, everybody. Bye, guys. You guys were awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Woo. Thank you guys. Bye. Thank <laughs> you guys.